Welcome to the Christian Ministries Church Podcast. We're glad you've joined us to listen to a message from our pastor, Ashley Ellison. We believe God's Word is powerful and that it can be applied to our lives so that we may live victoriously. Let's join Pastor Ashley now as he shares the Word with us. Well, I'm, I am just thrilled. I, I, I got to tell you, th- this tonight I've been praying about, I've been excited about, and, and I believe that if we put ourselves in a position position to get excited about what God has for us tonight, that God's going to do that. I, he just, he is faithful to his word, and as we study it and we learn more what he has to say in his word, then it's applicable to our lives. So tonight, I, I want to continue on with the names of God, and uh, I, I want to talk about Jehovah Rophi tonight. Now, for all of you Hebrew scholars, once again, please accept my hillbilly dialect. Because if you study this word, a lot of times it's, it's rawfaw. Some Hebrew scholars would say it's Jehovah rawfaw. And if you want to get real technical, it's Jehovah rohi feki. I know. I've studied all of this, and I'm like, okay, we're going with Rofi. It just sounds better to me, and I can say that real easy. So, Rofi, the God who heals. Used 60 to 70 times in the Old Testament. And the reason why I don't give an exact number is because sometimes it uses Rofi without Jehovah, and that's just talking about a healing, but it's still attributed to him. So there's 60 to 70 times in the Old Testament this word is used. It means to restore. It means to heal, to cure, to make healthful. And it is the God who heals. It's used for the first time in Exodus chapter 15. We will be going there. But let me give you some scriptures where this word is used that you all will go, oh, okay, that's what it was talking about right there. Psalm 103, verse 2. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals, Rofi, all my diseases. All right, so there in Psalm 103, Psalm 147, he heals the brokenhearted. Okay, so we just talked about forgiveness of diseases. Now in Psalm 147, he heals the brokenhearted. You know, God is the healer of our heart. And so we need to understand that when we're talking about healing, a lot of times in the Christian faith, they only assign that to something physical. But he can heal your heart. And bandage wounds. He bandages wounds. Isaiah 53, 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. We might be. No, no, no. We are healed. And so we have heard and we have taught this in church for years, but I I just want to spend some time talking about what this word in Scripture really meant when it was delivered by God to his people. And I'm looking around and I'm just, I'm seeing people that I know your story. And I know healing has been experienced in many of your lives or people that were very close to you. And there's other of us, others here, some of the same, that have wondered why. 
And I, I'm not here to answer every question for God, but I'm here to deliver what God says in his word. And so we've got to set ourselves in a position where we can hear what God has to say and know that he's smarter than all of us. And he has set in order some things we need to operate in. And so Exodus 15 is where we see this. And the Egyptians, they've just left Egypt. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read Scripture, I get kind of excited about the stories uh, in Scripture because I, it's like, I don't know, I become a little kid again and I'm hearing somebody tell this story or I'm reading about it and I'm like, I'm excited. I'm excited to know what God's people have done and where they were and what was going on. And sometimes I'm excited that I wasn't them. Exodus 14, I want to back up there before we get to this, but the Egyptians just left Egypt and Moses had led them to the Red Sea. And so he led them to the Red Sea and in Exodus 14, verse 12, let's read and start there. He said, didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Okay, these are God's people that are, are complaining. Verse 13, but Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Stand still, watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Stay calm. They had for generations, God's people for generations had been asking God to deliver them. I'm talking about 400 years. God, I need to, we need delivered. We need delivered. And they're praying. And they're believing God for deliverance. And they're believing God. And then all of a sudden, Moses gets them out of slavery. I mean, he's helping them. He's, he's getting them to a, a place that they're no longer held captive. And he delivers them out of this thing. And then they're immediately mad at Moses. And saying, hey, well... We're going to die out here. At least we were alive in captivity. Rather, they would rather be bound than they would to live free based on they knew what was coming when they were captive. But when they were free, they didn't, they didn't know what to do. When you're captive, ah, not a lot to worry about, huh? I know what to do. I'm captive. I can't go anywhere. I mean, just imagine a prisoner in a cell. They're captive. They can't go anywhere. They know the times that the food's supposed to come every day. And they sit there and they do nothing. And they're not dying, but they're not living in my... So captivity can produce in the lives of people comfort. Because they don't have to be concerned about faith. They don't have to be concerned about a change. They don't have to be concerned about anything different coming. And so these people who have lived captive for so long, all of a sudden are in the wilderness going, this is different. And I read that and I think, that's exactly Christian people. They get saved and they're like, okay, I'm trying to leave what I was doing. And I'm like, I don't know how to live free. I don't know how to live godly. I don't know how to live. And so we watch people get saved and then they head right back to captivity. Everybody's seen it. So this isn't too far to understand. The Israelites, they've seen signs and wonders. And, and the, the only thing that they weren't seeing was provision because they didn't know when the next meal was. 
They didn't know what was going to happen. They couldn't see the provision available. They didn't look to him to get out of their mess. They were at this point that their mess was all they could see. Now, here's what I want you to see in this. God didn't do this. Well, I don't think he did. God didn't go when he's like, you're complaining again. And he goes, I'm done with you. Or throw him out. Get him out of my face. I mean, I, I think that that would have been a man response. I finally get you out of this and now you're complaining. But God didn't throw his hands up and say, forget you. He continued to show them signs and wonders. They're at the bank. What's going to happen? They were moving towards his provision that they hadn't received yet. And then all of a sudden, Moses says, don't worry about this. Don't worry about this. Okay, we got to jump to Exodus 15. The first part of Exodus 15, obviously, is right after they've crossed the sea. And so the whole first part of Exodus 15 is a praise song. Set me on fire. They're so excited. They couldn't be more thrilled. God, you're the deliverer. You got us out of this mess. Thank you, God. This is awesome. This is wonderful. And so if you read Exodus, the first of 15, you're like, this is wonderful. Okay, let's start reading in verse 22. Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea. They moved out into the desert of Shur. They traveled in this desert for three days without finding any water. When they came to the oasis of Marah, the water was too bitter to drink. So they called the place Marah, which means bitter. Then the people complained, turned against Moses. What are we going to drink, they demanded. The people complained, and they turned against Moses. Set me on, set him on fire. Isn't it amazing how we can go right from praising God to all the wonderful things he's done to I'm ready to kill somebody. That's exactly where they are. They're frustrated. What is going on here? They complained. What are we going to drink? And Moses cried out to the Lord for help. The Lord showed him a piece of wood. Moses threw it into the water, and this made the water good to drink. It was there at Marah that the Lord set before them the following decree as a standard to test their faithfulness to him. He said, if you, now get this, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God, do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his degrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. I am Jehovah Rophi. That's who I am. This is the first time they'd heard God say this. The first time they'd experienced that. The first time they knew anything about it. And tonight, you may have thought that God was the healer, but you might be here tonight, and this is the first time that this is a revelation for you. And it's the first time that you hear, wait, wait, I am the God who heals you. I'm the God who heals you. And if that's you tonight, listen up, because this is really good. If this is a reminder, listen up, because sometimes the reminding puts us in a position to receive. Also, if you've doubted any of this, let's just go to Scripture and see what Scripture, because the story reveals a lot here. Putting yourself in the Israelites' shoes. They had not seen him move for generations but they were wanting God to deliver them. I mean, they'd prayed for 400 years. They'd seen the plagues and they'd seen God delivering them and get them into a different position than the Egyptians. They just went through the sea and now they're drinking some sweet water. Day in 
day out being led by God. This was new for them. You have to see this. This was totally new for them because they had just been bound. They had done whatever their masters in Egypt had told them to do. They were slaves. They knew when to get up. They knew when to eat. They knew when to go to bed. They knew when to work. And there was no guessing. And there wasn't living by faith. There was living by bondage. And so when we see that, they're all of a sudden now, whoo, this is great. I mean, I think of them kind of like gypsies to a degree. Except for a gypsy marches to the beat of their own drum. And they were having to go out of bondage into following a cloud by day and fire by night. Now, I'm not going through the whole Old Testament and reading all this to you. Hopefully, you know some of these stories. But God led them, with Moses being their leader, into the wilderness. And no one has had water in the desert now. They're in the desert for three days. People grumbling again. And then God makes the water Good. You know, some translations say sweet. And I, I identify with sweet because I, I don't know, it's a new thing for me, but sparkling water. Anybody like sparkling water? They, they, they have flavors that they put in them and, and, and they're sweet. And so when I was reading this, I thought, yeah, it was kind of like, you know, the, the Topo Chico. Something like, I mean, I don't know. Some type of water, the bubblies. This, nobody knows what those are. Anyway. There, there's there water that all of a sudden has some flavor to it. And I thought, God made the water sweet. He put something in there that made them excited about it. Now, one of the things they might have been excited, they hadn't had any water for three days. But they were thirsty. Well, let me just tell you, you don't get thirsty unless you've went through a season of not having water. <laughs> the way you get thirsty is having gone through a season of not having something to quench that. So thirst comes from a dry season. Hear me there. Thirst comes from God was navigating. I want to use that word because that's what God gave me for this. He was navigating them through places of challenge in their life. And I believe that's the word for us tonight. God is wanting to navigate you through places that are challenging you. That they were needing to see God in a different light, and they had just saw him like, okay, you aren't telling us anything, God. You're just giving us a cloud. You're just giving us fire. And then every time we run into a problem, Moses has to call on you. That's all they were. They were getting a little, I don't know if I like this or not. And they defaulted and set their minds on complaining. That's what they did. That was their default. As soon as something wasn't the way they liked it, they complained. And you know what they had done for 400 years? They'd been complaining to God about living in captivity. So they weren't really, I'm giving them a lot of grace here and understanding. They knew that their approach to God was if we complain long enough, if we'll just complain long enough, maybe I can get where I need to they didn't understand the praise because they tried the praise. And as soon as they did the praise thing in Exodus 15, then they come to the bitter water. So praise didn't work. I see this all the time. God's people will go to something and they'll get all praised and all excited and they'll come home and then, what in the world has just happened now? Well, that's where we've got to know that we live in a world that's going to bring challenges. God didn't set that up for us. He gave us a way through to navigate through the challenge. Are, are you, 
So, but we're defaulted to complain. We just really are. I mean, anything that happens, I'm going to start complaining. I just, that's what I do. And that's where their minds were. And I thought, okay, this is a great message for the church. Exodus 15, 26. Let's read this again. He said, if you'll listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God, do what is right in his sight, obey his commands, keep all his decrees, then I will make, not make you suffer any of the diseases that the other people are having to deal with, the Egyptians, for I'm the Lord who heals you. His plan, church, come on, you got to hear this tonight. His plan is this is what you do. And I like this because their plan was complain until they get it. It's like the kid at the checkout counter at Walmart. If I can complain long enough, I'm going to get a candy bar. If I can pester long enough and we think on terms of that's going to get God to do something, we're just going to keep complaining. Here's what he said is your plan. Listen carefully to his voice. Did you read this with me? After listening, do what is right and obey his commands. That's what you do. You keep his decrees. Obey his commands. His commands means he doesn't have suggestions. Well, this would be a good idea for you. No, he said, here's what you do. And when you do that, then you don't suffer the diseases that people that aren't associated with him suffer. Okay, so what that tells me is, if you don't do that, there's a good chance diseases will be suffered by God's people. But know that, it's just another challenge. So you might go, and, yep, see, that's God. He's trying to, no, no, no. He's made a way out for you every time. He's made a way out for you. He wants to maintain a lifestyle of living free. Can I say it like this? He wants to maintain with you a lifestyle of healing. He wants that heart healed. He wants that physical issue healed. He wants it restored. He wants it taken care of. He wants it cured. Our loving Father loves us and has an answer for us to maintain a lifestyle of being healed because he is Jehovah Rophi. Now, he wanted to be the master who doesn't bring pain but provides navigation or a way through the pain. And we make him all of it. Well, God put me here so that he could deliver me. That's not the way God works. We, we end up, because of where we're at, bad decisions, a lot of different things. Sometimes it had nothing to do with you. Somebody else, a mom or dad, I'm sorry for what went on. What I'm telling you is I don't have all the reasons for the pain, but it wasn't God. And what I'm here to tell you is he'll navigate you out of it if you'll let him. He can be Jehovah Rophi. And we have to fight. This is probably the most important thing I'm going to say tonight. We have to fight against our own experiences. If he's going to be Jehovah Rophi. We can't allow our experiences to dictate how we interpret God's word. We have to let God's word interpret our experiences. Can I say that one more time just in case you were asleep for a second? Because there was a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah that was, and that was like, what did he just say? Okay, I'm going to say it again. We can't allow our experiences to dictate how we interpret God's word. But a lot of people do. 
we have to let God's word interpret our experiences. See, so after things happen or when things are happening, we've got to know that Jehovah Rophi has an answer for us to navigate ourselves out of this. Then we can experience who he is. The Israelites were experiencing something that they hadn't experienced in a long time. Some never, and God was trying to show them and tell them, hey, guys, this is me. This is who I am. I'm trying to tell you I am the God who heals everything that you need healed of. I will take care of this. And he was moving them out of living captive to living free, and that was a healing. And here's what you got to know. They were three days without water. And I love the types and shadows from the Old Testament to the New Testament and the different things that you can say. Three days without water. Three days is too long. I'm just telling you to not have water. It, pro it produces a real thirst. The disciples, three days without Jesus. That's too long. And they needed, they needed that to realize their need for him. I'm not sitting here saying that he couldn't have came the first day and provided the water, that Jesus couldn't have came back. To, I don't know why it was three days except for that three days provided an opportunity with their experiences for the word to explode into their life. And all of a sudden, those three days go, I want you, Jesus. Imagine three days. I don't know if any of you got three days without water. If you've tried fasting for three days, that fourth day, it's like, okay, I'm Food. Uh, there is an excitement for what you put yourself in, out of. It produces a knowing of what you're in need of. See, God wasn't done healing. He wasn't done leading them. And he wasn't done with the disciples. And here's what I'm telling you. He's not done with you and I. So Exodus 15, 27, after leaving Marah, and I love this, the Israelites traveled on to the oasis of Elam where they found 12 springs and 70 palm trees. They camped there beside the water, 12 springs. We, they started seeing, okay, I got past the three days and I got a little bit of water right here. And then their next stop is 12 springs. I'm just telling you, bitter water turning into sweet water is one thing, and then all of a sudden there's an abundance of People get saved and they don't understand, okay, I got Jesus, yeah, but you got a lot more to know that he's got available for you. And we oftentimes never meet Jehovah Rophi because we don't know that's available for us. You just met enough to get you into heaven. God is continually revealing himself to people who are not quite sure of him yet. <laughs> There's a lot of us here. I'm just not quite sure if this is going to work out. This Christian thing I've been trying, I'm just not quite sure. Now, I believe that I'm talking to a Wednesday night crowd, but I'm also believing that there are a lot of people, in fact, I know there are, that listen to this podcast. And if they're listening to that right now, or you're out there listening to that podcast right now, you just got to know there's more. There's more available, and just because you didn't know it didn't mean that it wasn't there. He's continually revealing himself, and there's more. He allows, he allows faith to navigate when you can't see how. Faith will do that. Jesus said in John 4, 14, just some other type and shadow, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving him eternal life, giving them eternal life, giving them eternal God refers to himself as water. See, Jesus used a tree. What do you mean? 
He died on a cross. He died on a tree. And that tree was used to bring a sweetness into your life. You see the symbolism here? Bitter water, bitter life. And we throw a tree in there. And all of a sudden, there's a sweetness to the water. Jesus is Lord. Lord is Jehovah Rophi. So you can just put an equal between all of those. He was Jehovah Rophi. He healed body. He healed soul. He healed spirit. Jesus experienced the pain, the body, the soul, the spirit. Jesus understood all of this. Jesus knows you and I suffering. Romans 8, 34. Christ died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Why would he be pleading for us? Because he knows what we're dealing with. He knows where you've been hurting. He knows the life that you are experiencing right now and what you're in need of. And he's pleading your case. He's standing there in the gap for you. Now, we put our hope oftentimes in cheap things. Well, if I could just get married, if I could just have a boyfriend and girl, I'm just telling you, that'll be a whole different road for you. If I could just, if I, and we put our things in counterfeits. Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't have a a mate for you one day. I'm not saying that he doesn't have things for you, but it's not to come against what he has in himself for you. He wants into a relationship with you, and he's the real thing. You know, in the medical industry, we have people who their total trust and faith is a doctor or medicinal things. We just watched one of the biggest things try to sweep across our nation. If you will get this shot, I'm just telling you, that shot will do nothing for you if you've got it above God. Can God use it? That's debatable. You can debate it with somebody else. I'm not debating. But the fact is that that shot is not a healer. That shot is not Jehovah Rophi. And neither was a mask. And I, I preached all that then. I'm believing God when I go see a doctor. See, I, the other ditch is I'm not using medicine or I'm not ever going to a doctor. Okay, we got both these ditches in the Christian life. I get that. And, and, and I, I just say, okay, that's like Jesus not using spit and mud to heal somebody. Because he did. That, that, that's the guy that says, you're not putting that mud in my eye, Jesus. Well, then you walk around and not get healed. No, 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 that's not what happened. I'm believing God for my healing. Well, I'm not going and dipping in that river seven times. I'm not about to go down there. Yep, I understand you're not. If he wanted to do it this way, he could do it that way, and that's the way I want him to do it. And we put the one, two, threes on God and say, God, if you don't heal me the way I want it done, I'm not accepting it. Now you say, I wouldn't say that. That's what you're thinking. See that, we tell God, here's how you heal me, God. Here, I I know it. It can be any avenue. It can be whatever. We've got Eastern medicine. We've got Western medicine. We've got all this. Well, I'm trying to find every way to get what God has for, no, I'm not trying to find, I'm just trying to find the answer for me. What you need to do is find God. Because God is your answer. And then he can use whatever he wants because he made all this stuff anyway. See, 
Surgery, medicine, I'm not against that. But God's the one that'll use it, not. So I just want to make sure I get my point across. Never go to a doctor without believing they're just an avenue for God to be Jehovah Rophi. Just don't ever go. Jehovah Rophi means to restore, to heal, to cure, to make healthful. Now, I, I got to tell you, because this is, I was praying about this just in my office before I came down here. And, and I have to wear these. And I, I just want you to know that I, I believe that God can, does, heal people. And I, I've often struggled with, well, why do I have, I mean, I got Coke bottle bottoms, if you remember what Coke bottle bottoms look like. They're, they're thick. They're, and when I don't have them, I, I'm in trouble. I mean, I've been out on a tractor and a branch hit me in the face and they go out and I'm like, where's my phone? Because somebody's going to have to come rescue me. I can't get back to the house. And here's what I want you to know. Just like the water that was bitter got sweet when it was needed, a piece of wood helped it, right? And then the next thing was 12 springs. God has a process, and sometimes it's instant, and sometimes it's it's over time, and I don't understand all of it, but I understand what I'm to do in it. And so I was thinking about these glasses. And here's what you know, glasses didn't heal my eyes. But when you look at what Jehovah Rophi means, God did create them to restore my vision. Now, I'm, I'm not, years ago, very close pastor friend of mine tells a story of a big healing service that went on in the city and everybody took their glasses off and threw them in a big pile and they took vehicles and they ran over them and, and, and the next day was the biggest day for eye appointments in that city that they'd ever had. So we can hurt God by sitting here trying to sign the one, two, threes and think we know it all. But you got to know, I'll pray for healing for eyes. I'll pray healing for a knee. I'll pray for all of that. And I'll do it all day long. And if they fall over dead right in front of me, I'll just say next. Why? Because God is who I have my trust and faith in. And I don't, I leave the results up to him. So I will pray for my eyes. I'll have people pray for my eyes. I'll continue to pray for that. And here's what I can tell you. I've got stories of different people who have, I I thought about putting a video up of all the healing things that I have seen. And I've got videos of different things. I'm like, this, you can't make this stuff up. I've seen it right here in this church. But I've also seen us praying for healing and it didn't happen. I mean, I've watched, but that doesn't change what we pray for. So here's what happens. We discredit God because we define him based on our experiences. Here's what I can tell you. I'm in process right now. And I promise you there will be a day and time where I can see clear. And right now, he has used eyeglasses to restore my vision to 2020. There are other people that can say they take a medication at night. And he's using that medication to restore you to complete health. Does that mean you'll be on that medication forever? I, I don't have all those answers, but I'm going to pray you're not. And pray God can use it. I know that daily, I don't read after Jesus spit in the mud and put it in his eye that the next day had to spit in the mud again. Come on, am, I, am I making sense to anybody here today? I just want you to think this through because we get into this position of judging God based on experience, not on his word. And I'm trying to make the word be what we judge God on, and then he can define our experiences. 
that doesn't make sense to me. Okay, well, I'll just keep praying. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep believing. Well, why isn't it happening for you? You're trying to base God on your experience. You've got to quit that. You base it on his word and you pray for healing. You never quit. You're in process. I'm never going to quit. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying. Well, why do bad things happen to good people? I don't know. It's happened all through history. But I also have a few where that's not explainable except God. So we always want to tell God how to do what we want him to do. And let me say it like this. We always want to tell God how to do who he is. Did you hear that? He is Jehovah Rophi, and he defines everything to do with your life through his word. Now, some of you might be thinking that I have rubbed you wrong tonight. I'm just talking about personal experiences, and I will always testify of the goodness of God. I've got healing experiences in my own life. My neck, I've wrestled with some high schoolers years ago. It had to be my nephews. They got me down. They turned my neck every which way, and I wouldn't tap out because I was going to kill them. I mean, it was one of those things I wasn't giving up, and, I, and they've got me down on the ground, and I got up from that. And I mean, I couldn't hardly walk for a week, and then it it kind of come and go, and I mean, it was horrible. I'll never forget. I, I heard that there was somebody who wanted to pray over anybody who had a health issue, and so I put myself in that position, I'll go down there and pray. And, and they were talking about healing at times can be a process. And I thought, okay, God, I'm committed to the process. And so he prayed for me after it was done, nothing. I told Michelle, we went to bed that night. I got up the next morning. I said, you know what? I feel a little different getting out of bed this morning. I feel a little better. And then it wasn't but a few hours into the morning and all of a sudden I was hurting again. And I'm like, God. And then I was like, okay, am I defining God by my experience right now? Nope, I'm going to still stand on his word. By his stripes, I was healed. It's already taken place, and I'm going to be committed to the process. And so I just kept claiming that over me and went through the rest of the day. And by the end of the day, it's kind of trying to come back the next morning. I went to bed the next morning. I got up, and I'm like, I can turn my head. I haven't been able to do that in years. Okay. I'm believing you, God, for this. Went through that day a couple times, a little pain here and there, a little pain here and there. You know, just that little bit of punching trying to say this isn't real. Went to bed that night, got up the next morning, and I'm telling you, for the first time I'd got up in years, and I was like, I can move. And I was just overwhelmed with joy until a week later. And it hit again, and I, I was like, okay, I started implementing the word of God and I started believing him that he is, he was, and will be always the God who heals. And I can't give up on my healing. And now I'm 18 years past that experience and there are still times that that tries to come on me and I rebuke that in Jesus' name and I say, wait, God, I know that you have healing for me and he hasn't got me down one day. The enemy, whatever it is, I don't know what's caught. It hasn't got me down one day because I've learned that I'm gonna be a continual healing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk in Jehovah Rophi. It's gonna be who I am. I'm not saying that there aren't attacks. You live in a world that's attacking you all the time. We have an enemy Guess what? He doesn't give up. He just keeps on and on and on. 
There are things that happen. I don't have all the answers, but what I'm telling you is he is my medicine. He is who I need. I'm not saying he doesn't use medicine, but you get yourself in a position to continue to walk in healing, continue to act. Come on, are you getting this tonight? We're going to continue to walk in. And maybe you haven't started the process because you haven't had anybody pray over you. Melanie, would you come up here and and, and get on the piano? Here's what I want to do tonight. And, and you know, we don't have to be here for an hour. This is a process. You might be immediately healed tonight. You may get the process started. Something you've been dealing with for a few years. And every time it comes up, you're like, I just don't know. I just don't know. I don't think I can be healed. I don't think that can happen. What I'm telling you is the word doesn't say that. He healed all their diseases. He healed all. That means not just some. He healed them all. I'm going to claim the word of God. I'm going to stand on the word of God. And whatever is an issue in your life, come on. It's not just physical. Man, my heart has hurt for years. Ever since I lost my dad, it's just a, ever since I lost my grandfather, ever since, ever since my brother, my sister, or, or my child, and I'm just, I'm hurting. I mean, that, I didn't see, I, I don't, and I'm hurting, and my heart is, and what I'm telling you is, you need Jehovah Rofi to start a process tonight. Thank you for being part of our podcast today. You'll find more online messages from Christian Ministries Church, as well as location information on our website at cmchurch.net. There's a place for you at Christian Ministries Church, where it's more than a church, it's family.